welcome to episode 204 of the Canadian Football Countdown. We're back with another off-season roundtable, a variety of topics from the past two weeks around the CFL. And on our top five countdown today, we're counting down the top five current CFL running backs. Got a good show planned for you here today. We are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Uh, Ryan, Adam, Trey, all here with you tonight. Uh, we'll bring you guys in in just a second. We are live over on a variety of platforms. Thanks to our presenting sponsor, GameTime TV, uh, which you can learn more about by visiting GameTimeTV.ca. We'll be taking your comments and questions in our live chat throughout the night and anybody joining us there as well. If you want to join us live for future shows also, uh, check out over on YouTube, uh, the Canadian Football Countdown there. Also on Twitch, on our Facebook and Twitter feeds, at CF Countdown Pod on those as well. Before we go any further, we always want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Now let's uh, bring in the rest of the panel here this evening. Uh, we'll switch over the view here because I think they've got some cool things to show off to us. Let's start off with the uh, the great Adam Stewart is here and he's got a, a shiny thing here for show and tell, Adam. What's to describe for our audio listeners uh, what you've got here with you? Well, this is the Emily Balog Trophy. It's the trophy given out to the winning team of the Saskies Talkie League. And of course, as we said earlier in the podcast last time, uh, we did win the Theodore Buffaloes, the official podcast uh, partner, uh, the CFC Countdown. Uh, we told you guys on that one uh, that the Buffaloes did win the uh, win the trophy. So I thought I'd bring it out tonight and show it off and make sure that all the Winnipeg fans know kind of what they're looking for to try to win this year. I mean, they won't, but, you know, at least they get an idea of what it might look like if they ever get near it. Touche. Well said. Well said. Uh, joining us here this evening as well uh, with a setup that is now far too professional for the quality this podcast delivers. Uh, he's got a nice, fancy uh, microphone arm there. Good setup behind him. Great Trey Colbeck is here. Trey, uh, what's with the new setup? Uh, yeah, I gotta be professional because starting Saturday, I'm having a horse, I guess a horse, I guess it's a podcast, not sure, uh, what to call it, but a horse racing news show that's, uh, sponsored by my work. So I kind of have to, <laughs> gotta do a little bit, uh, try to make sure it looks professional. Uh, I know a lot of people say I've lost my credibility when it comes to CFL, but I am, a I do have credibility in harness racing, so I have to pretend like I'm, I know what I'm talking about. So yeah, anyone want to learn anything about harness racing? It's going to be very similar to this show live. Only difference is uh, 10 a.m. on Saturdays and two, 1 p.m. Wednesdays. Uh, so check out my Twitter for that if you want to learn about harness racing and stuff. We'll be live just like this. Comment everything. You want to listen to me talk more? Go for it. Always, always. And uh, you can follow Trey over on Twitter. Uh, what's the handle right now? I know I've got the old one yeah. up on the screen. I'll try to update that at some point during the show yeah, today. But what's it's... the actual handle now? At Trey Harness Link. Uh, Harness Link's the website I work for, harnesslink.com. So, yeah, if you want to get into what I uh, what I complain about, it's usually what I get paid for doing these days. So, good time. Hey, not a, not a bad way to make a living, right? Um, well, we're here. 204 episodes in the podcast. 
Still going strong. You know, uh, I think we'll keep putting this podcast out there as long as people keep supporting it. So, so make sure to keep giving us your support. Uh, we don't, you know, we're, we're taking a new marketing strategy from a local hockey team here in Winnipeg. Uh, hashtag forever CFC. Uh, we don't want to promise you quality content, but we expect you folks to tune in anyways. So, uh, yeah, keep doing that. No, honestly, I, I know this is a football podcast, but uh, what a, what a joke! What a joke! The the Winnipeg Jets new marketing campaign is uh, for a franchise that you know has not done anything for twelve years. And you know, maybe let's tie that into a, a topic I'm going to slide in here that came up today, which is. Uh, the Bombers, the Winnipeg Football Club, announcing today a profit of $4.9 million in 2022. They've uh, been making a fair profit over the past couple of seasons and, you know, are high up in attendance. So it is like, what's the strategy for bringing people back into the seats? Because it seems like it's something the Jets are having a problem with here now. But the Bombers have done a fairly good job. Trey, is it as simple as just putting a good product out on the field, the ice, the court, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Not to throw stones, but what teams have had a little bit lack of attendance? You know, one one wearing this color that are, you know they're not having a little trouble with attendance. Why? Because their their product hasn't been the top. Same with uh, the only the, the anomaly in the CFL is the East. You could have a team go undefeated, and I think Toronto still won't sell out. But you know that's just a byproduct of having the Jays in your city too. But you got to do it, right? You know, um, God, Chris, no, Taves can stay away. I'm sorry, my ADHD, Taves, if they sign Taves, I'm never watching a Jets game again. That would be the worst thing to do. I get the Winnipeg thing, but God, that's for another time. Mike needs to, if Mike does his hockey podcast, he needs to get me on just so I can complain about the Jets for half an hour to an hour. But it, you know what? You know what? I can handle three great cups appearances and with that loss is because the bombers just keep making money, man. I was talking about it, what Wade Miller has done. Um, you know, Kyle Walters, I know he's not the office, but you know, he's still a general manager. O'Shea really, what can you, you know, being able to keep guys like, you know, what, what does ballsy say? We, we four, 4.9 million, all that's going to pay those guys under the table, right. To keep this team together. Right. So you can't complain. Right. Adam. Well, I mean, it's right. He could, but why? Anyway, no, uh, you make a good point, guys. Uh, Winnipeg, if, if you're the Bombers, you're giving them what the fans want. They want a winner. And the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been that now for, what, four years straight, essentially? Other than a uh, uh, blocked field goal, they probably were winning another Grey Cup. So the the team's getting what they want. The crowd is absolutely insane in the IGF field right now. And compare this, I think the other thing you got to compare this to, though, for the uh, – when you look at the Winnipeg Jets or that, there is a lot of hockey teams in Winnipeg right now. There's the Manitoba Moose. There's the Winnipeg Jets. There's the Winnipeg Ice, who, by the way, are in the tops almost in the WHL every year, and their average attendance is 1,600. Really? I mean, come on. How, how like, winning isn't everything, I guess, in Winnipeg, but you got to support the WHL team a little better than that. You know, I, I get it when Connor Bedard shows up. You guys all want to see him. But take a look in Winnipeg. Jets fans, I mean, you, you got a chance to show and stick it to the uh, management to say that you guys are a proud part of this, uh, of, of the Jets this uh, in the playoffs here. Go ahead. Do your whiteout. Have fun with it. 
don't worry about the comments. I don't. I, I know what they said. And you know what? It's bitter. It's ugly. But in my way of looking at it, hey, you got still got to prove it. You're one of the smaller teams in uh, in stadium size. You, you know that you, that you're never going to get a favorable position with with the commissioner of the NHL, uh, even though he's too busy worrying about to, uh, what do you call uh, uh, what is it there? Uh, Tempe minutes uh, uh, Arizona right now. He's so you Don't know what. He'll have two teams in Arizona in a couple of years at this rate, man. Don't worry. Or another one back in Atlanta. But <laughs> yeah, I, can, I could I could rant for hours on, on honestly, we could go on and on, but uh, but, uh I think this is a football podcast yeah. and I, I've derailed the start yeah. of this. Uh, well, but real quick to the point what Adam's making, you know, I think it's pretty remarkable that the bombers are able to do that because we have so much sports. We have a soccer team, a baseball team, a basketball team coming. Uh, we got cur- like there's always curling going on of some sort. You know, we got golf courses. You have the hockey, whatever, 10 hockey teams. You got the downs. You got, you know, you got so much stuff going on. And the Bombers have been able to find a way to be the be the market. That's pretty amazing, I think. You know, so, Ryan, what do you have to add to that? Yeah, I mean, all of the talk seems to be on doom and gloom around attendance, around financials uh, of franchises lately, it seems, right? Uh, with the CFL is this is a gate-driven league and we're not bringing enough people into the stand. Well, you have one franchise, at least here, that's showing, you know, three straight years during a pandemic uh, where they have made a profit out of it. So. Yeah, I'd love to see business models like this, you know, work for the other franchises around the CFL too is the big thing for me. And the Bombers have done some good things off the field, but a lot of it has been good things on the field. You go back to the dark years, you know, that the, the Joe Mack era, basically, uh, where, yeah, it was it was tough to get people into the stands because it's tough to go see a game. You look at franchises like Edmonton and Ottawa when, who haven't won a home game in a while and they're starting to see uh, you know, dwindling uh, results in the stands there as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, you can do, you can promise a lot of things off the field, but if you don't start, if you don't deliver the results on the field, that's what's going to bring in a large portion of your fandom, right? Because is it fun going to a game for the experience? Yes, I, I love going to a game, even if, you know, the, the team I'm rooting for is losing uh, or ends up losing. I enjoy the experience of it. Uh, but if it happens over and over again, unless you're a diehard fan, you're going to get a little bit tired and you're going to look at some of those other options out there. So all in all, I think, you know, the key to success in terms of ticket sales is find success out on the field. And that's kind of the own, that's the major thing that I think drives it there. Uh, Moving on to our uh, next topic here. Uh, the big news around the football community from the past two weeks isn't even directly CFL related, but I don't think we can avoid talking about it here. And it's uh, SFU, Simon Fraser University, uh, giving a big FU to its football team uh, and announcing the discontinuation of it. Uh, all of the players, you know, that have, have signed up to uh, begin their football college careers, university careers at Simon Fraser University, maybe made choices to go there over other places, kind of left in uh, question mark land now of what the heck is going to happen with them. Uh, Adam, what, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? 
Well, it's it's sad the way that this all had to go down. I mean, Simon Fraser probably wasn't going to be renewed into their uh, division in NCAA uh, or conference, I believe it was, uh, this next year. They still had 2023 to play, and players were ready to go. I mean, you've got everybody lined out. Uh, you got everybody lined up, ready to go. And then all of a sudden, at the last minute, you decide, nah, we're calling it. We're done. You know... You don't leave your uh, players in a very good place. Your director of uh, our head of athletics, I don't know if it's, uh, I think it's Joy Johnson, if I'm not mistaken, just goes and absolutely just doesn't seem to have indifferent on the football situation. I mean, there's always options available. The The excuse or the thought of just saying, hey, you know what, the uh, Can West to apply to be in the uh, U Sports. That would have taken too long. That was too big of a process. We didn't want to bother. Come on. You, if you want to be looked at as a athletic school, you got to go and do whatever's possible to let them play football. If you went and started the application process this year, you ran your team in the NCAA this year, you took your beating or whatever you did, and you moved on next year and went into back into U sports and let's face it, there's some great rivalries you'd have in there. The UBC Thunderbirds are already right there in the U-sports side of things. Uh, I mean, Burnaby to Cal- uh, Vancouver is a very, very short drive. Uh, even going and playing teams like the Dinos and the uh, Golden Bears. I mean, why wouldn't you try to do something? That's the really, really disappointing part of all of this. I know that they've hadn't had a great record you pointed out there chris 19 and 41 in the last while i get it i mean i i could see why the ncaa wasn't really wanting to renew them into their conference but then it comes on the onus of the uh, simon fraser university athletic departments to go and figure out something to do to move on to continue football in there because i mean they do have a rich history of football in that area and it's disappointing to see now all of a sudden we're going to have the legal uh, work coming out. I think there's uh, football players that are putting in injunctions and, you know, that's never fun. And nobody wants to really talk about all that, especially on a podcast where we talk a lot about Canadian football, but you know what? It's got to be brought up and uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm not looking forward to this at all. I mean, I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for the coaches. I mean, I've heard of players being walked out of the locker rooms and all sorts of tough things. It's not the right time for this. It's finals time right now for most universities. What, are, like, in all honesty, what are you guys doing in Simon Fraser right now, uh, Trey? What's your thoughts on this? As someone who's just wrapping up my fourth year of university, and to hear an athletic director say the process is too difficult, do you know how hard it is to just submit an application to university and student aid and bank loads and get your assignments? And oh, you got to do MLA two point, you know, twelve and a half size time. Like the, you're going to tell me you put that on your students and you can't even just apply. To, so what division were they in? Were they Div two in NCAA? Div three? Like they weren't the top Div. I didn't think. I don't know. Whatever they were. I mean, to be fair, the fact that they were allowed in NCAA, like, you know how like you know how much of inconvenience border travel is, you know what I mean? Especially with COVID and how hard it was just to play the Raptors and the Blue Jays, and we saw a Canadian division in hockey. I'm not surprised the NCAA kind of said hell with it, but at the same time, like you made a point, Adam, how many teams are there in BC in Canned West? And you're not even going to attempt it? Like 
at least at least from a PR standpoint, apply. And then if you're not let in, then you could be like, they they didn't let us in. But to say like, oh, I didn't try. I don't know. That just seems like I said, it's more Bush League than anybody could give the CFL slack for. Like, yeah, sure, their record isn't great, but how many teams probably in Div three or Div two NCAA probably haven't won a game either in like ten years? You know what I mean? But they're just on the right side of the border, uh, Ryan. Yeah, that was the worst part to me was the comment of, uh, oh, yeah, the the application process was too complex. And you make a great point about all the complex things the students have to go through. And and the students are paying their own money to make those fill in those complex things. Whereas how many dollars are you getting paid as, you know, the athletic director for, for a big shot university here? uh to your job is to fill out these complex applications uh there so very disheartening to see this uh and and i feel for those university students and and those athletes who like like i kind of said before you know how many of these guys had other opportunities that now they're kicking themselves looking back on this of i messed i made the mistake right of of dedicating my college career and my football future to Simon Fraser University. And now this is what they've done to me. And many of them are looking for other options. And I know there are a lot of uh, people backing them and trying to help them out. I know Three Down Nation I saw was trying to do anything they could to help players out. The CFL themselves and Randy Ambrosi have gotten involved. Uh, There's petitions going around to try to bring it back into place. Uh, if anything, this might be one of the most rallying moments I've seen from the Canadian football community across the board. You know, you can debate anything with the CFL community and there will be people on every side of the coin there. I mean, go back to this time last year when every podcast we did was on CBA negotiations and trying to sort through, you know, what is the Canadian game? What is it not? And Seems like everybody's now on board with what can we do to support these players and get this football program back into place. And uh, I'm interested to see what the end result of this is, you know, because uh, something's got to give eventually. Well, that's that's funny. Four downs doesn't matter now, does it? <laughs> like, there's no difference right now when it comes to this, right? No, but you're right, 100%. It's like it'd be nice to see if the CFL rally around other things like this. Like, good on them for doing this, but there's also other things maybe within the league too. Tenth team, Toronto, whatever. But that's another day. Yeah, they were in a lo- just so you guys all know they're in a Lone Star Conference, which is Division Two NCAA. They're playing teams from West Texas. I no, mean, that's like a, they, well, they had to drive for some of these games. I mean, they had a one and nine record last year. Yeah, they aren't very. They weren't very good in this conference, and you know what? Maybe they should drop down to Div three. But that being said, you know you got you recruited players, you scouted players, you gave them an opportunity, and now what all happens? Uh, they just, I guess, go away. I like, like it, it's do scholarships so dry up now. Like if you if you decide to scholar, like you would still have your scholarship. Like I mean, I don't know. I believe, and and I could be remembering incorrectly from what I've read, but I thought I read they were going to try to work with athletes to still honor the scholarships they got. But again, the scholarship means so much different now if you're not going there to play football. I'll tell you what, though, with the new transfer portal the NCAA has, like there is options for these guys. Like you literally just log into a website and say, 
I'm a free agent and you could be taken. Now these guys are div two, so it might not be as simple and maybe they don't want to go to America, but I'm saying it's not like it. it I was, I'm, I'm putting a little out there that there is other options for them. But again, these guys, how many of these guys are Canadian that just wanted to stay on this side of the border, right? Or closer to the border. And now they're going to go, Oh, I got to go to West Texas or I got to go to like Boise state. Where the hell is that? You can go to these places. You've never Appalachian state. Like what is that? Right. I don't know. I feel bad for them. It's a, it's a, yeah. Is, are they the only school really that's been in a like major school that's in an American conference? I think they are the only one from Canada. Yeah. Uh, but is that, is that going to send a message for other schools to never think about going to the NCAA now? Like, well, I don't know. I don't, well, but that's, yeah. that, I mean, I think this is more of management on the side of Simon Fraser. I don't think this is, the NCAA really doing much other than saying you guys got to be better than this. We can't put a one and nine team out there and watch it get, get folded up every game. Right. So I think that's kind of the issue there with the, uh, with the side with the NCAA that being said, I mean, the NCAA should say, Hey, yeah, you did honor till being here till 2023. We'll honor our side. Why aren't you honoring your side? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's complex. I'm sure there's probably some issues that I'm not seeing, but nevertheless, I bet the border, like I I see what you're saying with NCAA, but there's also like what 200 and some teams in div one and two. You're telling me that there aren't a bunch of them that go one and nine over three or four years. Like any league, there's teams that go with records like that. I don't know for a fact, but you got to tell me that COVID and the border was just a nightmare over the last two or three years. And they're just like, you know what? We don't want to do it without COVID either. Right. Like these like Western Texas and they're flying to Vancouver or BC or Seattle. And that just sounds like hell. And when you only have, you know, these kids are still at school. Do you really want to be spending two days in an airplane trying to cross a border and come back? And, you know, it, I, there's a lot to it. I, I'm not saying they should just be in West or can West or whatever it's called that they should be or whatever, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, and logistic-wise, you're right. It's the same thing. I mean, you go try to load up a team and take them across the country, and this, in this case, practically, it's almost the same distance as driving in Nova Scotia, uh, just going north and south instead of east and west, yeah. essentially. Uh, so I get it, why the MCAA probably was wanting them out. But that being said, if Simon Fraser or SFU knew about this, work on getting a solution made. Don't go and drag it out into the media and drag it out into the public, get something done and move on. Say, Hey, we're going out of the NCAA. It sucks. We know, but we have this opportunity somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Like it's to me, it's okay. You got kicked off the court. I'm taking my ball and going home is the answer. It's not, okay. I'm going to go find a different court. Right. Like there, there's a ton of different opportunities out there that, Maybe they explored, but they just haven't explained that very well. But like, yeah, these other conferences to go and play in, you know, you look at a, your role as an athletic director, you know, department for uh, a university. Like, that's also a big part of recruiting people to come to your university, you know, athletes wanting to come be part of the athletic experience uh is weighs a lot on people's decisions to what attend maybe one university over another and if your solution here is yeah we're just not going to have a football team at all well to me that's not 
helping with recruiting at all because now you know even if they let's say they turn things around now and, and they find a place to they reinstate the football team they find a place to play if i'm an up-and-coming you know high school student that's looking at a college career am i going to trust simon fraser university after what i just saw or am i if i have other opportunities i'm probably looking elsewhere so uh you know we hope for a good resolution here but surely some of the reputation of this football program has to be damaged by, by what's happened here. No question. I mean, uh, if you're a team that are a player that's now wanting to think about even going to Simon Fraser, it don't matter if it's going to be with, uh, with it going to BU sports or going to stick in or going to D three NCAA or going sticking around in div two players are going to look at that and say, you know what? They tried to fold on us once. Are they going to try to do it again? And in that case, can you blame them? I mean, in all honesty, if somebody's offering you a good contract or good uh, offer to go to school, schooling is schooling. I mean, in the end, you can get a very good quality degree or a diploma from the University of Saskatchewan as you can from the, uh, from what do you call going to Oshawa. I mean, no matter where you're going, if you want to go to Waterloo and get a good university, it it really the university is university. You're going to get a good education no matter where you go. In the end, it depends on the program. I think more than anything, and when you have a program that's uh, proven a reputation, that's it's a winning program, and that is going to stick around and be with you, or one that says, "Well, at the slightest problem, we're going to give up, and we're not trying to get a solution." You're going to know which one I'd probably end up at, but that's B. I'll, I'll tell you what, if I got accepted to the University of Winnipeg, anyone could get accepted to the University of Winnipeg. So, you know, we don't have a football team, but we got a pretty good basketball team. So, you know, come try it out. Well, moving on to our next topic here, uh, one we've had, you know, over our past couple of roundtables, we've talked a little bit about how the CFL is working on an American TV deal and some new rumors, news, talk from Randy Ambrosi came out this, uh, this past couple of weeks that uh, I, I'm surprised by this one. They are looking at a direct-to-consumer streaming service for their American broadcast deal. You know, I'm pretty sure when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that I didn't foresee a streaming deal on the horizon at all for the CFL because it does not seem like they're in the modern digital space. Uh, but looks like this is something they're working on for the American deal with it as kind of a trial run for perhaps a future Canadian deal once their deal with TSN is up. I think it's like 2025, 2026, something like that. So a couple more years where they're locked in with Bell and TSN. Uh, let's go back to you here, Trey. What do you think of uh, this uh, potential streaming deal uh, with the American side? I, I like it if it comes true. My only question is, I, I I see where you're gonna you were just said with the contract. I feel like you should have it in Canada first. You know, like you should have had this in Canada five six years ago, and then go to America. You're kind of doing it. Uh, what's that? Bass backwards. But you know, it's fine. It's great. Um, yeah, I'm just more pissed off. Why does America get everything cool? Why is their Netflix better? Why do they get a better potential CFL streaming deal? Like that just kind of is annoying. But it, it's great. Great expand the game. Uh, I'm sure this will lead to other things, you know, with the whole Mexico talk and Europe talk and other things that's been going on. It, it, it should lead to better, better and greater things. 
I just kind of think you need to focus on domestic a little bit more, Randy, than just CFL 2. Because this kind of feels CFL 2.0 still to me. Or whatever number we're at, 3.0, 4.0 by now. But, yeah. And I just, I, I'm just really interested in what the next Canadian deal is going to be more. Because I think we keep seeing more and more these other markets might. Because, okay, to me, there's a whole backlash about the green St. Patrick's Day thing, right? To me... If I was Sportsnet and I potentially wanted the CFL, wouldn't I throw them a bone? Wouldn't I say, see, we put the Rough Riders, we put the Elks, but they didn't. So to me, that points towards that C- CBC and Sportsnet don't want it. We're happy with hockey and Blue Jays and half the Raptor games. That's what they're, and some curling. So I think that we need to figure out Canada and the streaming deal. And you got Crave with Bell. You got some things you can play with. And I'm pretty sure the NFL is it the NFL that has a pretty big YouTube deal starting next year too. So there's a lot of streaming markets available. I mean, maybe YouTube doesn't want to pay the CFL anything, but you might have to just take a hit on something a little bit here and there to figure it out. Adam, what do you think about this? Well, I'm going to be the devil's advocate tonight because I do not like this streaming deal one bit. Direct-to-consumer means that you are already knowing what the CFL is, and hey, I like the CFL, I'm going to buy it. A lot of Americans don't know what the CFL is, plain and simple. Uh, You go out to Memphis, Tennessee, and ask a guy, hey, have you ever heard of the Canadian Football League? Unless you run into a former player, probably not. Uh, You walk into Alabama even, there'd be a few guys. I mean, if you happen to run into Trent Richardson on the street, he might be able to tell you about... uh, the CFL, but I'll tell you right now, there's not the following in the CFL that there needs to be. They need to go with a major, major streaming service first. Go with Netflix. Go with, uh, like you said before, maybe Crave. I don't know how much they are in the U.S. yet. Uh, go with maybe Paramount Plus. Go with some of these other ones. Peacock, for example. I know they got lots of the WWE stuff. Go with a proven streamer that you can get that for free by just joining that streaming service along with everything else with it make make the cfl into the cfl network uh as a package right you know how they did it with again i always look at wrestling because man when they switched over to having these where you had all the games archived and you had or all the matches archived you had all these pay-per-views were archived you could watch any of that and it was only for 10 bucks that was cool but everybody knew what the wwe was before this all happened the CFL, again, like I said before, is not known in the in the United States, except for maybe Baltimore. I mean, they'll probably show you a great cup. Other than that, not many guys know about the CFL. So going direct to consumers is not the answer. Going with another, like I said before, going with a stru- proven streamer like Netflix and going and offering them for a very reasonable deal just so people can get exposed to your product I think is way better than just going direct to consumers and oh well if they heard of the CFL they might buy us. Well, right? so that's where I, that's where I'm a little confused on this because I thought direct to consumer streaming meant streaming through something along the lines of Netflix, YouTube, etc. But you're saying well, it's a standalone thing? To me, I would think when you say direct, I mean if you're saying if I'm saying I'm going through a, a through a third party, which would be Netflix or whoever, right? Or I say direct-to-consumer. Direct-to-consumer is almost like, uh, like I say before, the WWE Network. They made their own thing. They put out their own streaming service. 
you can subscribe to it and watch all this old archive stuff plus also all the live events now and all the cool things like that but that's a direct that to me is a direct to consumer thing when you're talking on this it doesn't seem like that seems like the cfl wants to do the same thing but again what are you offering the customer are you just offering them hey come watch every cfl game that's current are you going to offer them the ability to watch any yeah. gray cup they ever wanted yeah. are you going to allow them to watch any game they ever wanted to see before before that you have archives of if you're offering that kind of stuff as a diehard cfl fan gimme 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 but if you're a casual fan or a guy that's never heard of the canadian football league are you really going to be enticed to pay 10 bucks a month 15 bucks a month just to check out something new that you never heard of okay so i, I looked it up here um so i searched is netflix a direct to consumer streaming service on google and the article the main article that popped up uh, mentioned that the lion's share of direct to consumer growth is from uh, Disney, Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu, uh, and that's that's an article from SymphonyMedia.com. So I, I think they do count as direct to consumer streaming deals. So that's a that's a big difference. I think that's two distinct different things that we're talking about here. Because well, I, I agree, I agree with you. If it's just a CFL only offering in the states, yeah, not very many people are going to find it. But if it's, uh, you know, on one of these big streaming platforms like, like Netflix, for example, you are far more likely to have people find this, find it as a suggestion on Netflix than find it on their local TV cable uh, guides. What I don't understand is who is our American partner right now? ESPN, right? Yeah. In America, ESPN Plus comes in a package with Disney Plus and Hulu. So you have it right there. You know, you could have it right there. So I don't know if it if it's with someone other than ESPN. I'm a little confused because they literally you can't get it in Canada. Like you can't get ESPN Plus or Hulu in Canada, but Hulu shows the ESPN shows come on Disney Plus to me sometimes. So why don't you just put it on ESPN Plus and then there's a roundabout way of potentially trying to get it. Like you know how much the switch would be to put it in Canada in a few years when that TSN deal is done. To me, that just seems like the simple solution. If that's what direct-to-TV, whatever, you know, what it counts as. But you're right. If the direct-to-TV is its own thing, I literally just bought a USC Fight Pass the other day because I thought it would be cool because I'm a UFC fan. If I didn't wasn't a UFC fan, why would I buy UFC Fight Pass? No no point, right? But I, I thought it was going to be the ES. I, I think it's going to be ESPN. Like, th that's kind of been the main one, our main supporter down there for however long right could be but my thing is this it, it also depends how you're going to market this thing afterwards yeah you could put it on espn plus and put it on hulu or put it on disney plus or whatever it is but in the end if you just throw it out there and see what happens with it and pretty much throw it out there and don't talk about it are people still gonna watch i mean you know what the usfl did the best thing they ever could have with a little while ago by going and saying we've got real football because you know that stirred a hornet's nest over uh, with every XFL person in the world. As much as they didn't want to say it, it did a big part of that to help uh, build up their promotional. I Even today, I was watching the rules about the USFL and seeing that kind of thing. And that was kind of cool. But it was because they went and they put, we've got real football coming up. It was good advertisement. It was good at marketing. The CFL is not known for marketing things. Yeah, you can put a direct-to-consumer thing on ESPN. 
if you ain't going to do nothing with it or ain't going to talk about it, what's the point? We've got a comment here in the chat uh, on the topic of American TV deals and leagues here. Uh, it's week nine of the XFL and the USFL kicks off both in the same weekend. Uh, I, I, I haven't been following the XFL numbers too much in recent weeks. Uh, I was more in tune with it early on, but uh, surely competition is, you know, if they're happening at the same time, people are going to pick one over the other there, you would think, right? So I, I think it will affect the, the, the numbers there, how significantly and which one comes out on top. Well, that will be an interesting thing to, to see. Anybody have any thoughts on that? If I was a betting man, those two team, those two leagues are going to, one, whichever one's bigger is going to absorb the other one in two, three. If one survives and the other one doesn't, kind of, They'll they'll somewhat absorb it. If they both fail, they both fail, right? The Rock probably isn't losing much sleep over it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I didn't realize their seasons overlap that much. I thought the point of the XFL starting the week after the Super Bowl, so it wouldn't overlap that much. But it's XFL playoffs. Do they win out a little bit over USFL? And I felt like those rules, some of the rules sounded the exact same as the XFLs, right? So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Is there, do you really think there's an appetite for this outside those, like outside of St. Louis and a few of the diehard markets? Is there an appetite for this? No, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah. Like, like I, it, I, I look at it like, again, it's like the CFL uh, in a way, right? I mean, all of us care about every team in the league, but I mean, in reality, if you're in Montreal, do you really care what's going on with the BC Lions? Not as no. much, probably, right? If you're a casual fan. Uh, but that being said, those teams have been well established, so they're okay. You look at an XFL, the St. Louis Battlehawks just came in. Other than me knowing that they're called the Battlehawks, I know absolutely nothing about that team. Uh, same thing. I know that there's a team called the Houston Roughnecks. That's about all I know. Because it doesn't really affect me. I'm not a guy that's going to just turn on a XFL game just for the sake of turning on an XFL game uh, to watch something because I've got so many other things I could probably enjoy and watch and that I'll enjoy just as much, for example. And that draws it back into this whole CFL deal too, right? Is exactly what we've been talking about. If you have no interest in the league, unless you have some reason, like most people aren't just randomly going to check it out. I want to point out this. I want to see what actually happens here. You've got uh, uh, probably some of the bigger football being played right now in the XFL in week nine here uh, for, for what do you call standings and for playoff pictures. The NHL has their draft lottery here, what, May the 5th? I want to see which one actually wins out in that for ratings. Is there going to be a bunch of people watching who's the worst for, or who's baddest for Bedard, or are they going to actually get a better rating and this is usually just oh. a streamed over on the NA, our NHL network from Sportsnet. So I want to see what happens here. This this will be real interesting to see who wins that one. Well, I stopped watching the NHL draft lottery after Edmonton won it every year. <laughs> Got tired of it. Edmonton can't uh, win it this year, so I'm good. I'd I'd say to that in Canada, like like well, do the Canadians have a shot at it still or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, that's what I mean. In Canada, that's no contest. In America, unless you're a, I, 
See, this is so bad because, like, honestly, I'll be honest. In the la- I'm a pretty big CFL fan, but I've watched the most non-Blue Bomber games in the last year only because of this podcast. And I felt like I kind of had to, so I knew what I was talking about half the time. <laughs> you know, before that, I love the CFL. I'll check to see who won. I'll check to see stats and that. But did I watch every game? No. What I if I literally only pay TSN so I could watch Road Bomber games. Would I pay for it to watch the other three games a week? No, not really, right? So, and I'm a diehard fan. You could clap. Well, probably not by some people's definitions if I'm not willing to pay for a streaming service, but I like to think I am. You know, I went to the Grey Cup in shorts. You tell me who's done that, right? So, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, Oh, see, Chris said he's in Vancouver and he's got coworkers heading down to Seattle because the tickets are cheap. Well, but that's a, but, that's is that a, what, it, but is that what's selling the game? Is it is it cheap tickets selling uh selling it or is it I don't know. Dragons game? Is that just the culture of the area where to Vancouver and Seattle? Like There's so many Va- that's what I mean. Yeah. So many people from Vancouver are Mariner fans, they're uh Seahawk fans, they're you know. It, back in the day, they were uh, what was the basketball team? The Sonic fans, you know what I mean? That area was that, right? Uh, well, I guess there was the Grizzlies too, but you know what I mean? Like there was a lot going on in that area. So is that just a cultural thing? Because what's the closest mark American market to us? I don't care what Minnesota's doing because that's a ten-hour drive for me, right? Like the only time I'll go to Minnesota is when the Jays play, right? Like you know what I mean? Like, but is that just a cultural thing? Because Vancouver and Seattle are that close to each other like that's a good point chris but like i i bet there's only one person that's watched every xfl game and that's probably reed from the mark cast and other than that i don't really know who's watched every xfl game yeah and when we like, remember all that uh when bc hosted the west semifinal this year lots of guys from seattle and everything were coming yeah. up to watch the bc lions so yeah exactly all right, let's move on to our next topic here. This one is near and dear to your heart, Trey. It has to be because he's your favorite quarterback in the CFL. Uh, one Chad Kelly of the Toronto Argonauts made a name for himself in the media this week once again, uh, appearing on a, on a big podcast down south in the States. I believe it was part of my take podcast, correct? Uh, second time since the Grey Cup, uh, you know, huge Huge football podcast, huge sports podcast, mentioning the CFL. That's one way, I guess, to market the CFL to folks. Uh, but a couple of interesting comments. Uh, he did get a couple of NFL looks, uh, supposedly. Cleveland and Carolina looking at him. Uh, Adam, your Cleveland Browns could, uh, you know, could have jumped on Chad Kelly, number one quarterback in the CFL. Uh, could have had him. Um and so that was a comment from him. And then he also had some interesting comments about his contract status with the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, paraphrasing here, saying, I was on a garbage contract and still am. Uh, and talking about how it's all incentive-based uh, and, you know, not really getting the guaranteed money there in his contract in the CFL that maybe he can get in some of these other leagues. But also that he has an agent that kind of steered him to playing in the CFL because it's been around for longer. It's a longer season with 20 games on the schedule. So, uh, you know, this is clearly a guy that wants to get back to the NFL. And uh, he's here in the CFL right now. Not a great contract, but a chance this year to maybe do something with it. Trey, over to you. 
We missed our opportunity, man, because he followed me right after that. We could have got him on our podcast, and he could have said that here. Uh, but I thought I made my point clear. You guys understood it. The stupid trolls on Twitter that don't actually watch anything and just decide to comment but then never reply because their five followers care so much. Don't understand what I was kind of doing. It's not a joke, but, like, I had my point. He won. He was the winning quarterback. He had that game. Is he an NFL quarterback? Hell no. Hey, baby, can you come here for a second? Come here. Come here. Come here. Sorry. I'm going to get my girlfriend to get me some water while I rant. Um, but <laughs> can you get me some water, please, baby? Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Sorry, my rant here. Um, I thought I, <laughs> I was going to mute, but then you got me ranting before she walked away. Um, do I? Is he an NFL quarterback? No, no, I don't think so. I don't even seen anything that shows me he's an NFL quarterback. One drive? Okay, sure, that's one thing. Two, co- garbage contract. You're in the CFL. What contract isn't somewhat bonus-based? You know what I mean? Dane Evans took a pay cut to go to BC. Vernon Adams took a pay cut to go there. Okay, unless you're Caleros or Bo, nobody's getting sweet deals, you know what I mean, in this league. So what are you... I I put him number one for my reason, but it seems like nobody loves Chad Kelly more than Chad Kelly. And you know what? That's the attitude you might have to have to be a professional athlete. Nobody loves LeBron more than LeBron. No one loves Jordan more than Jordan. No one loves Woods more than Woods. You got to have that killer instinct. But those guys that I just listed, guess what? They backed it up. Tiger Woods couldn't even walk, and he's trying to play the Masters. You know, Jordan, I don't know. Six championships. LeBron, all what he did. This guy, you, you had one drive. You got lucky that Legio couldn't kick a 10-yard field goal to save his wife. And you got you got lucky. Could he, could he prove me wrong? Sure. Is he the next Nathan Rourke? No. No. Nathan Rourke's going to play get way – he's going to finish his career with way more passing touchdowns in the NFL than Chad Kelly will. Like, 100%, Adam, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, you know what? I look at it though as Chad Kelly, and I'm gonna probably get banned from Chad and Kelly right away because I'm gonna say it this way: you had a lot of players come up to this league. Ask Paxton Lynch. Ask uh, who? What do you call Johnny Football? <laughs> ask all these guys. Trent Richardson, who I mentioned earlier in this thing. How many of these guys have actually succeeded in the CFL? You know what? worry about the cfl if you want your shot at the nfl i hope you get it i honestly hope that chad kelly gets a shot at the nfl there's some very terrible quarterbacks that are starting in the nfl right now and there's some pretty rough backups there uh one in green uh one in uh new york included but nevertheless uh i look at it as hey you know what yes you've got a terrible contract you and you said this already trey i'm just kind of repeating what you said You've got a terrible contract. You've got a terrible situation. You don't want to be in the CFL. You want to be in the NFL. Good on you. But you know what? Like Trey just said, prove it. If you can prove it, you can bring in the game. You win the MOP this year, and then you go on and win the Great Cup. Guess what? There'll be NFL teams knocking at your door. And I wish you all the best in your future endeavors. In the meantime, (laughs) focus on the CFL. Don't worry about what the NFL has to offer. Focus on this league. Embrace this league while you can. And, hey, if you do good, you might move on. Ask ask uh, Nathan Rourke all about that. He, he seemed to work for him. If you can play pretty good football, the NFL kind of looks at you. 
So it's as simple as that. You don't need to go on a podcast and tell everybody that you're got a terrible contract and uh, there was teams looking at me, but they aren't really sure. And don't worry about any of that stuff. If, if, if you want to be smart and want to play good football, uh, be, play in the NFL one day, all you got to do is just simply say, I'm here in the CFL. I'm going to win a great cup for these Argos. I'm going to be one of the best players on this team and I'm going to prove it. That's all you got to do. Pretty simple. He, he better win MOP because I'll keep receipts and screenshot everyone that said I was crazy on my number one list. I'll say a DM. What about me now? You know, Craig Colbeck, <laughs> official uh, head of the, uh, what do you call it? Chad Kelly Hall of Fame. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I'll just be sitting on it. But I, I heard a good quote. I heard a great quote. Oh, I don't know where I heard it, so I don't want to steal it. But Hussein Bolt, he, tra- he, he, uh, he trains four years to run nine seconds. So yes. don't give up after a couple months, right? And I'm not saying Chad Kelly's given up, but focus on what you have, right? Hussein Bolt could be worrying about this, could be about that. No, he's just worrying day in, day out to run that nine seconds. So if you want the NFL, that's fine. But what are you going to do tomorrow to make that happen? Not going to, The only podcast you should go on if you're going to run your mouth is the McAvee one. If you're not on the McAvee one, don't, don't say anything stupid. You know, just keep it professional. So I should also add... Uh... Didn't we have a certain Vince Young that signed with a certain team and never even got to the field? He got to it like, what, a practice game? I mean, if we're talking about players that have signed places and never hit the field, I have $70,000 in Winnipeg still handed over to Darian Durant. So. That was the cheapest shot. Like, that's what I would do if I was about to retire. Oh, I'd sign with the Rough Riders. Say, oh, yeah, we're good. We're good. Don't worry about 10 years or however long of being rivals. Oh, by the way, I'm retiring. Once you get, once I cashed my check, like that's what I would do too to the riders. So I get it. Nevertheless, but, I, I'm just excited for the season to get underway and to see what Kelly can do out there on the football field because we've had all of this talk this offseason of, uh, you know, is he going to be able to live up to the hype that seems to be surrounding him in the media? And I just want to see how it translates out on the field. Uh, and I, I'm already slotting him in uh, to trade in the first round in my uh, fantasy mock draft for our uh, fantasy week this season. Ooh, you know what? Not in that one. But if we do the podcast, like the against the other podcast guys again, I bet he won't have too high of a value. There's no way he's gonna have a high value. You know, like you the, going for it week one? Oh, maybe because Bo and Caleros are gonna come out with like twelve thousand or something stupid. I bet, right? Probably the pricing in CFL fantasy. Oh, never, maybe, never maybe a lot of dump passes to Olet and Harris. I don't know. That's tempting. <laughs> Now you guys gotta be excited for fantasy. Thanks. Oh, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait. Hey, we're we're you know just around the corner, under two months till the start of CFL regular season. Uh, we talked about Kelly, uh, you know, trying to work his way back to the NFL. A guy that seemed like he was on path to head to the NFL is sticking in Canada, and he's sticking around at least for now. It seems for the next three years, wide receiver Keon Schaefer Baker signing through 2025 with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I know he had an injury. If I remember correctly, maybe had surgery this offseason. Might not be ready to go for the start of this season, at least. But he was a huge piece of that wide receiver core last season. 
They, they've moved on from a couple of the pieces there. You know, Kyron Moore, Shaq, Evans, Duke, Williams, all gone. I know they brought in Jay Quinnicky, uh And who's the other one that I'm missing here? Who's the other big name they brought in? Darrell Walker. Darrell Walker. That's the other one. But Schaefer Baker, in my opinion, when healthy, is probably a better receiver than both of those guys and can be the number one guy for this team. So, Adam, you're the one wearing the green hat here. Uh, are you happy with this deal? Absolutely, I'd be happy with this deal. He's a Canadian. I mean, he's proven now and again that he can be one of the top guys in this league as a Canadian receiver. Uh, if you aren't happy with this, Saskatchewan, what's wrong with you? This is what you need to continue that rebuild that needs to happen in Saskatchewan. You've got other guys coming up that he'll lead the way with them, like Sam Emelis. Uh, you've got Bradolinius on the other side as well that I should mention. And you've got a great Canadian core starting. You don't quite have the Canadian Air Force back yet, but gee, you sure got a few good pieces right now in Saskatchewan in the receiving core. And if Trevor Harris can find some of these guys and can make some connections early with some of these folks, I think we're going to have a pretty good, uh, pretty good wide receiving core. And the fact that you've got now Keon Schaefer Baker for an extra uh, two years, that's never a bad thing. Uh, that means there you don't have to worry about the NFL for at least two years. And by that point, maybe it's that time where he signs the long-term deal. It stays a rough rider for life. Uh, it's a good deal all around. Keon Schaefer Baker gets another baby crack in a year or two after he's recovered from that uh, little bit of a knee surgery that he's had uh, during the offseason here. And the riders get him for two years, which uh, kind of gets him through a transition a little bit, Trey. No, for the riders' sake, that's great. I feel bad for him because obviously the NFL's the goal, right? You want, you know, I mean, I feel bad for him on that sense. But other than that, yeah, hard to not say the riders could have ooh, the second or third best receiving core in the league. You know, it's hard to go put anyone above the bombers on paper right now. But after that, man, Labor Day Banjo Bowl could be fireworks, you know, at IG Field and Mosaic, you know, with the receiving cores these teams have. And who knows what Harris could do, you know, with this team. I don't mind it. I like it. Now, do you think that they did enough on the offensive line to give Harris the time to throw it to these guys is the next question. But we'll find out in June and July, I guess, because it's. I, I'm a little worried that it's going it, to, by about mid-July, August, somewhere in there, people are going to be like, ah, oh, maybe it wasn't Fajardo's fault. Maybe, you know, I think Harris might be staring at that like blue-blue Saskatchewan sky a lot, or into the turf whichever way Willie Jefferson decides to throw him into the ground right so that's my biggest focus that old line you know things could piece together it could work out and if they does if it does heck like you're gonna have options and shake, shake and bake he always seems to have the bobber's number he always has big games he's a fantasy go-to guy hard to yeah, hard to not be like I said I would have loved for him to stick somewhere in the NFL shame that it's injuries but that's football right and for me, the biggest thing I, is – I was just going to mention, anybody else can't wait till June 16th? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Open for the Riders, Bombers, Riders. Yeah. Should be a good one. Do they play each other week one? Week one, uh, week 
two or week three because I think the Riders okay. get a buy right off the bat. And then, but interesting, an early season game between Winnipeg the... and, uh, and Saskatchewan. Excited for that one. How how stupid am I that I didn't know that? Like, is that how busy I've been? And I forgot we play the Riders that early. Yeah, we we will Crazy. closer to the season have a whole episode where we're going to break down the schedule and the interesting points from it. Um, but yeah, no, I I had no idea on that either. But what I was going to say about oh. the Riders here. Sorry, we play them in the preseason here, and then two weeks into the Seattle, we do. So there's a lot of Rough Riders plus Labor Day Banjo Bowl. Good God. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Pro- and probably November again, because, you know, but anyway, sorry, Ryan. The big, you, you well, the, big, up. the big thing I was going to say with Schaefer Baker is that, you know, Canadian wide receiver, one of the best receivers in the league last year. He's around for a couple more years. It's nice to see these Canadian players making a prominent impact at positions like this because, and you know, I, I throw Nick Dembski, I throw uh, Curly Gittens Jr. into that category, some other guys there uh, as well. You could go down the list of notable players making impacts there. And, and that's nice to see that we're not just burying the Canadian spot and treating him as the number five receiver on the team or the number four receiver. You know, you've got your four stud Americans and then, okay, an average Canadian to fill the slot. No, he is going to be one of the leading receivers on this team. He was one of the most exciting players to watch last season. So, hey, keep him in the league longer. I'm just shocked he didn't end up in the NFL. I think he had something like 16 workouts, almost half the league there uh that took a look at him nobody took a chance on him uh that's surprising to me that uh with that many nobody nobody brought him in oh if i was jacksonville i it put him up with rourke or something i that, i think that would be a deadly combination and even with lawrence i would like that you know it, it might just be that unfortunate cfl bias a little bit like i know it's getting better with singleton and rourke but it's still not you know this ain't the Flutie days. You know what I mean? This is a little different, right? So, but yeah, Adam? Yeah, no, when I look at it, I think maybe that injury was already starting sometime in there, and guys were just a little bit nervous about bringing him in, especially if they would have to put him on IR right away. I, I think that might have done it in for Ke- Keon Schaefer-Baker there a little bit. Uh, no, he definitely could be an NFL receiver. He's got the size. He's got the height. He's got the speed. Uh, and, hey, he's a playmaker. Just ask for all black. Uh so yeah, it's uh, it's a shame that he really didn't get a great opportunity in the NFL. I mean, he got 16 teams that looked at him, but yeah, I think there was something else up with that. It it didn't make any sense why he never got picked up by another team. So, uh, one final quick topic here before we get into our uh, top five countdown is, uh, and this was brought up in the chat earlier by Chris, one of our viewers here, uh, is that the BC Lions unveiled new jerseys today. I'm not sure if you guys have had a chance to actually see the pictures of them. Uh, home jerseys are black with orange trim on them. And I think the most interesting part to me is the away jersey is not white, it's gray. Uh, which, you know, kind of goes away from what we've traditionally seen from jerseys across most sports leagues in the past, which is you wear white jerseys on the road. I think the jerseys look nice. I like them. Uh, what do you guys think, Adam? Yeah, no, I uh, I really like the gray one, especially because it gives that 1993, 1994 kind of uh, Louis Pisaglia kind of look to him a, a little bit, uh, especially the writing on him kind of really looks like it's a little bit older of a jersey and it just kind of gives you that retro feeling and uh hey they had some good luck in those days uh with wally guano as their uh 
head coach. And uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of excited to see uh, what they can actually do in them. Uh, I just hope they don't get rid of those matte black kind of jerseys that they had. Those matte ones are just like really, really sharp. And I like the BC Lions uh, matte black jersey. The gray one really looks good. Uh, Hamilton might have a few words about that because I think they've done gray ones before. Uh, and then uh, the black ones, they kind of look like most of the BC Lion jerseys. Again, it's that it's a little bit of a retro kind of British Columbia kind of writing on it that I kind of liked. But uh, yeah, I honestly, I like the gray one more than the black one, but uh, the I think they call it the fog jersey or something along those lines. Uh, so I don't know. The gray one's my choice, Trey. You're muted. Thank you, boys. I was going to say those gray ones almost look like tie cat ones to me. If it wasn't for the orange, like in certain, I'm looking at that. The orange almost looks like the yellow, and that could be a straight ripoff of the tie cat ones. But I don't know. See, I like those old, uh, when you're going to go not traditional white away, I like the bobbers when they had the gold a few years ago. I like those a little bit. Ah, see, maybe it's the baseball in me, but if you're gonna go gray, go gray. You know, like the base because baseball road jerseys are gray, um, but they're gray, right? Like they're dark gray. Like the, and then away, home jerseys are what the same thing, but white. There's real no difference in baseball jerseys. So I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the orange. Like maybe that's just my. I'll be honest. That's my blue bomber bias. I like blue. I like the blue jays. I like the Jets navy. You know, I kind of like the blue color. Those orange teams, I kind of go. That's too colorful for me, kind of personally. But hey, honestly, I've heard nothing but great things from BC fans. So that's all that matters, right, Ryan? And I just wanted to bring up one quick little thing. Can we please get a black jersey for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for nights out late night? Yeah. Like, just get me a black with green stripes. That's all I ask for. And well, that's what I was just thinking with the BC jersey as well. Is uh, does BC play that game in Saskatchewan? Who do they play on that one? Uh. I think it's Toronto. Okay. I think I honestly I can't remember on that one. I'd have to look. But even then, please give me a black riders jersey once more. Oh, yeah. Get me the black helmet with the green rider logo on the side of it. I would be thrilled to see that at our, our lights out night in Saskatchewan. That would look just amazing. Oh, I probo idea. Dark the dark blacks for you guys. Blue bombers come in with the white out all whites and they play that game. I like it. As I, I think the Bombers miss an opportunity. I know you don't want to steal things from another team, but they kind of use the whiteout a little bit in the playoffs. I don't know why we don't kind of dig into that whiteout a little bit more and have all white jerseys and because they had the all blues this year with the pants and everything. I like that. Go yeah. all white and then the all black Rough Riders. I could get down for that. Yeah, Winnipeg should really just go and tell all of their sports teams, whether it's the Golden Eyes or the Ice or the whoever it is. Whenever you're playing a playoff game, it's white. Yeah, that's it. Well, the Bombers did didn't they do that in the Grey Cup uh, the past couple of years when they were they even when they were the home team they wanted to wear white because in 2019 they wore white and won it. But yeah, you're right. They didn't really market it big time around that there. But no, these BC jerseys, I like them. They look sharp. I like seeing new jerseys, different colors, uh, and just see how they match up, uh, you know, on the screen or on the field uh, with the other uniforms out there around the league. 
All right, final big segment of the show. It's our new favorite segment. It's the one where we come up with controversial opinions that uh, people then tell us are wrong afterwards, and we all strive to be the one who's the least wrong. Uh, oh, that's the point of this? <laughs> oh, I've been playing it wrong. Oh, man, okay. Now, we'll figure it out eventually here. We'll I'm figure it Just what, the, if you have less than a 10 followers i don't want to hear your opinion i'm going to tell you that right now i don't want to hear it and those 10 people don't want to hear it thank you uh last last time out we counted down the top five cfl offseason roster moves uh the votes came in our guest jason from hussey's huddle had the uh, the most votes so people agreed with him most uh trey you came in second in that one and adam and i tied for last so back to back seconds i think eh? oh boy i think so yeah <laughs> man of the people baby man of the people yeah i am i'm definitely not in that category i think i've been in last one so far <laughs> we'll see if people agree with my list here today we're counting down the top five current cfl running backs uh and uh we'll start at number five work our way up to number one adam you chose this topic this time around so kick us off with your number five well i'm gonna play a little bit of trivia with you guys while we're doing this because i went and i got some stats of the guys and i'm gonna give the name after i give all the stats and all the features about this guy first of all you know i want to go to bed tonight yet right (laughs) oh yeah sorry about that i forgot about the bed and the sleeping thing but anyways the ucf uh night He's five foot ten, 180, had a 7.81 yard per carry average, uh, but only carried it for 164 yards this year. But that's because he's only had 21 carries all season. If you don't know who I'm talking about, it's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Greg McRae. I think the guy's an awesome running back. I think you just, just haven't played him because, again, you can't get him on the roster for part time. You put him as a receiver. I mean, he had 164 yards receiving as well. Uh, it just seemed like you couldn't really utilize him the way he should have been. And honestly, he is a very, very good running back. A 7.81 yard uh, per carry average. And yet you're putting in Oliveira. Yeah, I think maybe there should be a little bit of changes in Winnipeg. But uh, that's because, you know, I, I just never did really care for Brady Oliveira. So, yeah, my first one's Greg McCray. And Adam has thrown this whole thing yeah. uh, off the rails with the very first pick by picking a guy who's See, not even you know, playing the running back position. That's what I was gonna say. You were you before the show. You said Mike Miller doesn't count at fullback, but we could play the receiver that gets handed off the ball sometimes. Yeah, the exact same still on the receiver as he did for. Uh, I don't know. I think we might have to throw the challenge flag on this. I thought he wasn't on the team anymore. I'll review this. Trey, you give okay. us your number five okay. pick. Well, I'm going to go a little bit different stat here. Uh, what are, do we have any Iron Maiden fans? Any Iron Maiden fans? Does anyone know what the number of the beast is? I found this interesting. Anyone know, okay, anyone know the number? What's the devil's number? Come on, guys. It's 666, and that's how many yards my number five guy had uh, rushing. I'm going to Jamal Morrow. That was I tried. I tried. I thought that was crazy. 666 yards. You couldn't hand him off the ball one more time or at least take a yard back from him. Why are we leaving the season with that number? But uh, thank you, Chris. We got one Iron, maybe one Iron Maiden fan here. Jeez, uh, that fan's awesome, guys. But uh, I liked what he did in Saskatchewan. Oh, you pissed me off, Matt. I was, I was going to take McCray, but I tried following the rules. But I'll take... Uh, 
yeah, I'm throwing off. Let's just move on to Ryan. I don't know what else. I'm sorry, Moro. I feel like I'm disrespecting you right now. I looked up the Bombers roster. Greg McKittray, I'm assuming the roster on their website is up to date, uh, is listed on there and is listed as a running back. So, Adam, we will uh, allow you to stick with uh, what you have picked there. Uh, now the question is, is the website up to date? And that they've got Kenny Lawler on there. So I guess, yes, it is. Um, so Greg McRae is in that number five for Adam Jamal Morrow for Trey. Uh, I've got James Butler in at number five for me. Uh, a guy, you know, before I dug deep into, you know, the different options here to try to come up with this list, I originally was thinking, you know, James Butler, I have higher up on my list. Uh, but then I started realizing all of the, the good options out there. And I think he is still a very good running back. You know, he was only one of two guys hit over a thousand yards uh, last season, uh, put up almost 400 through the air, four touchdowns there. Uh, the one thing I think leads to his stats being higher than most guys is that he was the only running back on the team, whereas you have a one-two split on a lot of these other teams, which puts guys lower down there. So, uh, you know, and now he's going over to Hamilton. Is he going to get the usage in Tommy Condell's offense? I don't know. I, I hope he does because I think he is a really good player. Uh, but tough decisions to make, and I put James Butler at number five, uh, but very deserving of a spot in that top five, in my opinion. We also got Mike to send us in our picks uh, as well. He he couldn't be here tonight, but he uh, did send in his list. He put uh, Toronto's AJ Olette in at his number five slot on his list there. So we move on to number four. Let's go over, over to you first this time, Trey. Uh, we're gonna go to oh, where's I? Well, since Adam's pulling out stats and stuff, we gotta try to do that. I'm going with uh, high school Oak Park's finest, Brady Oliveira at number four. Uh, I'll tell you a little secret: Harris is not on my top five. I think Oliveira is better. Under, I think, I think he was underutilized too. Oh, I'm so mad at Adam because <laughs> now every time I try to say something nice about Oliveira, I'm like. McCray's better. McCray's better. McCray's better. But I classified him as a receiver. So, but anyway, Oliveira, and uh, he helps out a lot of uh, uh, dogs in the city, right? He's got a big dog guy out of the city. So I got to throw him on the list. I think he could do, I think with that old line in front of him, he's going to have some damage playing that weak sauce Rough Rider defense three times this year. I think uh, Oliveira, well, he did have over a thousand rushing yards on the year. It was a quiet one, though. Um, I'm not sure if maybe Ryan, because the guy who sits at all 10 home games like I do, did you really feel like Oliveira rushed for that many yards? He had a really slow start to the year, right? He picked yeah. it up as the season went along. Yeah, but it's still still near the end, you're like kind of like, and maybe it's just with the rotation, you never quite know who's actually in there unless you're really looking for the number. But yeah, Brady Oliveira, Winnipeg's finest. Uh, I don't... Well... I couldn't go with uh, Brady Oliveira, and there's reasons behind that. I just look at him as he had 18 games, and he cracked a 1,000, but you should when you play all 18 games in a season. Uh, my number four pick is from the Liberty Flames. Had 13 games, 85 carries. Uh, had six carries a game only, but averaged 6.3 yards per carry and had the league's longest run this year at 63-yard touchdown. Uh, I'm going with Frankie Hickson of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 
I hate doing this to Jamal Morrow. I honestly do. The guy has worked his tail off to try to get a starting position in Saskatchewan. But I think Frankie Hickson is a little better, unfortunately. Uh, so to me, Frankie is going to really compete hard. And that's going to be one of those battles in training camp that I'll be watching for sure. Who gets the number one? Who gets the number two spot? And I really hope they can figure out a way of playing both of them. I know they're Americans. And that's going to be tough for a Saskatchewan offensive line that needs an American probably in there or possibly even two. So I I think Frankie Hickson's going to win out in this one in the end. Uh, the guy's got a lot of upside on him, and he's only 26 years old. I think he's going to be the guy uh, going forward in Saskatchewan. Ryan? At number four for me, I've got Kevin Brown of the Edmonton Elks. Uh, he is one of the players I am most excited about to see this upcoming season because he lit it up down the stretch. Uh, you know, you had those two guys at 1,000 yards, a lot of others around 600, 500. Uh, Kevin Brown only played seven games last season and put up nearly 500 yards, also put up almost 200 through the air there as well. And this was on a team in the Edmonton Elks that, you know, wasn't winning very many games. It's not like they were trying to run out the clock and run the ball a lot. No, this was a team that was playing from behind or in close football games for a lot of this here. And Kevin Brown was an integral part of that. Uh, I think he stormed onto the scene late in the season. Uh, and he is one of my favorite running backs to watch coming into this year. Uh, so I had to had to include him in my top five somewhere because uh, he is, deserved it with what he did in the short time he was here this past season uh mike at number four on his list uh has diedrich mills of the calgary stampeders so one of the backup running backs there uh is who mike has there uh and he had 459 yards in only six games last season so a great great season there for diedrich mills as well uh that moves us on to number three on the list I can go first this time around and uh, we've talked about him a little bit already I've got Brady Oliveira as my number three running back in the CFL hit a thousand yards last season uh, one of what only three or four Canadian running backs to hit a thousand yard seasons or is there something else or is it rookie running backs to hit a thousand yard season there was some sort of stat where he was one of the only three with the season he had last season. Uh, and that was his first full season as a starting running back uh, for the team after kind of, you know, playing a little bit the season before uh, in between Andrew Harris there. I think Oliveira had a really strong finish to the season last year. You know, that's in a Winnipeg offense that has so many other weapons and has guys like Nick Dembski taking the carries away, has Johnny Augustine taking some of the carries away there. You guys talked about Greg McRae uh, to still put up a thousand yard season there. I think I think Oliveira is one of the most dynamic running backs in the league. Uh, and that's why I have him in my number three slot. Uh, Adam, let's go to you for your number three. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for me, it's a Nebraska Horn, uh, Corn Husker. I think we already mentioned him once before, Diedrich Mills. Uh, the guy there could pro should be a starter already in this league and a feature back. I mean, he's behind somebody that I'm sure I'll get mentioned a few times later on here. Uh, but 67 carries, 11 carries per game, yet he still gets 76 yards per game average, uh, 6.9 yards per carry. Nice. And uh, does, is a five foot ten, two hundred and twenty pound back that's a very hard guy to take over. So 
I don't know what they do in Calgary to get really good running backs. They've had John Cornish. They've had Joffrey Reynolds. They've had so many good running backs in that Calgary system. And Diedrich Mills is just another one of them. Trey? Oh, man. I got to go through my Wikipedia page so I can keep up with Adam's stats here. So my number three. Oh, he started his college football career with the Nevada Wolf Pack. That's probably the same division uh, Simon Fraser was in. Where the heck is that? Then he transferred to the University of Iowa. I played for the Hawkeyes. Went on drafted to the Oakland Raiders. Then he went to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders practice roster. Another stint with the Raiders before going with the Houston Roughnecks. Before landing with the BC Lions. And I am shocked, shocked, James Butler did not go back to BC. And they let him go with Bo in Hamilton. What are you doing, BC? But I have James Butler. Just hard, a thousand yard guy. You know, he picked up a thousand yards. With Nathan Rourke, I know he only played a little bit, but Nathan Rourke was rushing for six. I think I saw he was like top something in rushing yards. When I was, I was like, can I pick Nathan Rourke as my running back? The you know, depending on our definition there. Uh, but uh, yeah, James Butler. All right. Not not to mention they were the the Lions were throwing for 400, 500 yards a game there as well. It's still put that total up there. Uh, is definitely impressive there as well. Uh, at number three, Mike had Brady Oliveira on his list there as well. Uh, so he, him and I agreed on that one there. Uh, Mike's pick at number two, he can kick things off here. Again, uh, if you want to get Mike's uh, input on any of his picks, you can follow him on Twitter at Mike Garrell. We'll mention that later on as well. But he has William Stamback as his number two running back in the CFL. Uh, Trey, let's go to you next on this one. Who's number two for you? Man, I got a guy who, if he showed up on an episode of Duck Dynasty, you would not be too shocked. AJ, most French-sounding name to not be from Quebec, Olette. Uh, I, I, I love this guy. Just a beast. Just a beast. And, you know, same style I think Harris had over the last few years. 516 yards, only two touchdowns, but didn't he have that one against Edmonton that he went like untouched for like 40, 30, 40 yards? Nobody wanted to touch the guy. I mean, look at that mullet. I wouldn't want to touch him either. Doesn't look like he shampooed that thing since college. Uh, easy to go with. I don't know. He just looks like, yeah, Cajun boy. He eats them frog legs and squirrels just like the Robertsons do on Duck Dynasty, man. Look at this kid. He's shooting ducks and deer out of his house right now. Has a similar birthday to me, apparently, 1995, so I'll take it. Uh, Adam? Well, mine, I don't know if I should have put him this high now because I'm really worried because Ryan didn't. Uh, Eric Ward, Cardinal player, five foot nine, 205. Yeah, it's Kevin Brown. I look at him and I say there's some real upside to the kid. Uh, first year is going to be his real first real true year. It'll be this year uh, with the Edmonton Elks. He had 486 yards last year, but that's only in seven games at a 6.6 yard per carry average and uh, really only had 10 plays a game. So the the upside in Kevin Brown is just really incredible. He has a running quarterback, which will benefit him uh, in looks or in play action. Uh, I think it'll help Kevin Brown gets open a little bit more uh, because guys will have to also watch Taylor Cornelius who runs a lot uh, with the Edmonton Elks. So I like, I like Kevin Brown. I don't know. Maybe I should have put him a little bit lower, 
but I'll take my chances at number two. All right, Kevin Brown at number two for you. Uh, for me at number two, I believe I'm the last one to go here. I, I've got Jamal Morrow of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as my number two running back uh, and really strongly considered putting him as the top running back in the CFL. I, I know you're high on Frankie Hickson, and I am as well, and I thought about maybe slotting him somewhere in the top five here. But Jamal Morrow played 12 games last season, 666 yards, as you mentioned there, Trey. Uh, that's just on the ground. He also put up 366 through the air and 500 in the return department as well. This is a guy who played in a system in Saskatchewan that didn't run the ball very much at all. Uh, you know, sometimes they did. Uh, he had some games where he, they used him properly and a lot of games where they didn't and still put these numbers up there. Now he's playing this season where who's his offensive coordinator? Oh yeah, his running backs coach from last season. So you would expect, hopefully, more involvement from the running backs here, which to me means big season coming for a guy like Jamal Morrow. Uh, he can do everything. He did everything in the games he played last year. Uh, I don't think anybody putting more all-around numbers up at the running back position than Jamal Morrow. So he slots in for me at number two, which brings us to the top running back in the CFL. Adam, let's go back to you to kick us off this time. Well, I think mine probably was the most obvious out of everybody's uh, for choices. Uh, the University of Arizona Wildcat, five foot nine, two hundred and seven, uh, number thirty-five on the Calgary Stampeders. It's Kadeem Carey. The guy there had an exceptional year last year. He keeps getting better and better every year in the run game. He's thirty years old. He's getting a little bit up there in age, probably for a running back. About 1,088 yards last year, 6.6 .6 yards per carry, uh, and only played 14 games. I mean, he plays all 18. He's going to be almost getting close to records. So, you know what? He had a great year last year. I can't see Calgary changing their uh, play calls much. I mean, it's still Dave Dickinson making the calls. I I think Kadeem Carey is probably still the best running back in the league. And uh, hopefully after this, we get to do some uh, reasoning on why I didn't pick somebody else also. So. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go through the list, the uh, honorable mentions or the names left off the list out after this. Also, uh, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Kadeem Carey here also. He's my number one running back in the CFL. You mentioned 14 games. The fact that he played 14 when other guys played 17 or 18 still led the league in rushing. That's a big thing to me. 10 touchdowns, you know, ran away with the competition there. Uh, and also... Had Peyton Logan and uh, Diedrich Mills behind him, you know, who did rotate in in some of these games and just still put those numbers up despite, you know, having that secondary rushing there. To me, makes Kadeem Carey the best running back in the CFL. Uh, this one, that was the easiest spot to slot in on this list for me. Uh, Mike also put Kadeem Carey as his number one running back. So that's three so far. Trey, who is your number one running back in the CFL? Is it four across the board here, or are you going somewhere else? Well, I got to build the suspense a little bit, so let's read some uh, let's read some stats here. On uh, that, my individual broke the record for most rushing yards in the Pac-12. Pac-12 is a pretty decent, maybe not as of late, but they've had some good U, uh, UCL teams over the year with 366 yards. Fortunately, according to his Wikipedia page, he got into some trouble. He pleaded not guilty to a misdemeanor assault, but you know, eh, crap happens. Charges were dropped. Uh, he scored two touchdowns in the NFL, 
at rushing touchdowns with one receiving. He currently has 69 receptions in the CFL. I'm going with Kadeem Carey of the Calgary Stampeders. You took all my good sop away, so I had to find the other stuff on Wikipedia that you guys didn't say. Um, it's really hard not to go again with the not to go with him. Yeah, he's 30, but he kind of gives me like a Andrew Harris Cornish kind of uh, Peterson, kind of like uh, Adrian Peterson. Guys that just won't quit. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe an injury might set him back. They all that's always what it seems to do, but. Until that day happens, you uh, you don't want to assume that, right? You want to think he's going to keep going, and I think that is he's st- he's still in Calgary, right? So that's going to be a good guy for uh, uh, not Pistol Pete, the other guy, Mayor, to uh, <laughs> Tommy, yeah, whoever the court, not Wild Thing, the other one, uh, give him some time back there, yeah, Wild Thing or whatever, yeah, that's the best still that they play that every third de- third inches. I love that. But it's hard. this guy's great. You know, I very rarely agree with Mike. And I don't think we've ever agreed on anything. Maybe two or three things in the year I've known the guy. This was one that, uh, yeah, can't argue with him. Well, there's a consensus number one across the board from the four of us uh, in Kadeem Carey. But our lists do look very different. Other than that, let's recap real quick here uh, and talk about who we left off of our lists. Uh, Adam, you've got Greg McRae, Frankie Hickson, Diedrich Mills, Kevin Brown, and Kadeem Carey on your list. Uh, interesting thing to me, Kadeem Carey, really the only one that was a, a starter coming into last season. You got a couple up-and-coming backups here. Uh, why did these guys make the list over some of the you know potentially bigger names that, that may have been left off? I think it's mostly for me potential on some of these guys. I mean, Kevin Brown has got a uh, 6.6 yard per carry. That's why I really liked him. Uh, Frankie Hickson, I just like the way that he can slash in into a uh, defense and make some big plays and has an opportunity to make a big play. So those are why I picked those two guys. And Greg McRae, as much as you guys in Winnipeg want to say that he's a, 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 a wide receiver, go look at his stats from college. He was he had the third best uh, 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 what do you call running yards ever in UCF. He is a running back, and I think if they could figure out a way of playing him, I know Winnipeg loves to have the Canadian running back, and they like using that position that way. If they can figure out a way of getting Greg McRae in the backfield, they're going to have a lot more success than they think they would maybe even still with Brady Oliveira. Uh, the honorable mention part, though, that I wanted to give out, uh, I didn't have James Butler on my list, and I didn't have William Stam back on my list. And there's probably two reasons why, one, both teams are not known for running teams uh, they're on right now. Hamilton, well, we've seen it before. Uh, you had a guy like Sean Thomas Erlington, who's a pretty good running back, and also uh, Wes Hillis. Uh, both of them are good running backs and very little used. And you brought in Bo Levi Mitchell to throw the football. You're going to throw the football. We all know it in Hamilton. So I don't see really any running back coming out of there being very effective. A similar story over in Montreal. You've got a guy in Jason Moss who just abandons the run game at the weirdest times. Uh, Ask us in Saskatchewan. We might know about this. So that's why I didn't put William Stan back on the list. Otherwise, he probably would only been maybe an honorable mention or number five on my list. Because injuries are starting to pile up on William Stanback. He's getting older nowadays. I I, I like the guy, and I think he's a great uh, running back. But, you know, coming back from what he did there, 
he didn't look the same as he did when he came into the league this year. So I'm a little nervous about that. I would like to see a little bit more out of him. Uh, but that being said, we'll see what carries on here. Uh, my only other honorable mention was, uh, I believe I had that one for uh, Williams from Ottawa. I think that he's probably going to get a better opportunity this year, especially now that Ottawa's got a little bit better of an uh, offensive line. Uh, Devontae Williams, I think it is, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Devontae Williams will have a better opportunity to run the football. And I think, uh, well, William Powell, I don't think is back. So Williams will be the main guy there. And I I like him if you're going to be picking up fantasy players. I don't know if I put him quite in the top five yet. Trey, uh, your list, uh, what did it include? Uh, I'll, I'll say Hickson. I went with, uh, I didn't want to put two guys on the same team. So I went with Morrow just because. Just let me recap your top five. Oh, yeah, go for yeah, it. Go yeah. for yeah. it. Yeah. Come Jamal, on, Adam. Come on. <laughs> Jamal Morrow, Brady Oliveira, James Butler, AJ Olette, Kadeem Carey. So. Frankie Hickson, uh, you mentioned was a name you left off. Yeah, because I didn't want to put two guys on the same team, and I had to go with well, you. You guys are the worst rock fans ever, not knowing the number of the beast. But got to go with six six six. I thought about Har- like Harris only because of like all time great miss to put him on there and watch him come back. But again, could I had to give it to Olette over him, McCray because I. Like I protesting this still. I don't care what the ruling of the league says that McCray counts. I protesting it for the remainder of the remainder of the top fives. Um, and uh, see, running backs is tough because God, they're the worst position. They could be gone in six games. You never hear from them again. Or you got a guy like Kadeem Carey and Andrew Harris who are thirties and have been in the league for a little bit, right? So tough one, uh, Ryan. What about you? Uh, yeah, my list, I had James Butler, Kevin Brown, Brady Oliveira, Jamal Morrow, Kadeem Carey. The big names I left off my list, Frankie Hickson, Diedrich Mills, were two guys I was strongly considering as good up-and-coming running backs as well. I didn't put them on my list because I expect them to be in backup roles this season, and so I don't think they necessarily you know, are going to be given the opportunity to crack into that top five total running backs in my view. Uh, maybe, you know, a season or two for down the road, they get a better shot. So we look at it there. Um, William Stanback, a lot of things Adam said make sense to me on that one as well. Uh, and was my thought process there too. When a healthy William Stanback, given the opportunities and the workload that he can, is one of the top two running backs in the CFL to me. But after the long injury last season, he came back. He wasn't, you know, fully you know, in the same category, I wasn't getting a, a lot of usage there, uh, was William Stanback. So I left him off my list for that reason. Also left him off my list because uh, they brought Walter Fletcher and Jeshra Nantwi back for a reason, which to me kind of spells, you know, load management maybe for Stanback. And if the Alouettes don't trust to give him that workload this year, I don't know if I trust putting him in my top five currently. But I hope he has a good return from injury here. Uh, Andrew Harris, same thing. I don't expect him to be able to last the entire season out there. So tough putting him in my top five list there. Also, uh, Mike's list, AJ Olette, Diedrich Mills, Brady Oliveira, William Stanback, Kadeem Carey. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Mike Garrell, uh, if you want to get his insight into his picks there. Also, 
Uh, let us know in the comments section uh, as well, uh, whether it's in the YouTube comments, tweet us on Twitter, et cetera. Let us know what your top five lists are there. Also, I think that does it for this episode of the podcast. Let's get into wrapping things up here. Uh, and we will take a look at uh, what we've got over on, where you can find us over on social media. Let me pull that up here. Uh, I guess programming announcement, exciting programming announcement. Uh, you know, we're getting closer to the start of the CFL season, and that means the content is ramping up for the year. Uh, we've been going every two weeks throughout the off season here, and uh, from this point forward into the start of the season, we're going weekly here on the podcast. Exact date each week still to be determined, I think. We'll hopefully try to find some consistency there, but you can follow us on social media for all the insight uh, or all the, uh, you know, uh, heads up when the episodes are coming. Uh, we'll be going weekly, and in the next couple of weeks, we'll be focusing on the upcoming CFL draft. Uh, we'll take a look at, I think next week, we're taking a look at the East Division uh, ahead of the draft, the West Division the week after, and then it's draft night. and We'll be recapping everything from the draft there. So look forward to that over the next three weeks here on the podcast. Uh, make sure you subscribe over on your favorite uh, podcast platform over on YouTube as well to catch all of the shows live there. Uh, on Twitter and Facebook, at CF Countdown Pod is where you can find the podcast. Make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network as well, at CF Pod Network. Uh, let's start with you here, Adam. Where can people find everything you've got going on on social media these days? Yeah, no, you can find me at Adam Stewart One. Uh, won't be as much hockey posts anymore because, yeah, that's done. Uh, but there may be a few more. Uh, seating posts and cav posts and all the good stuff that comes with uh, springtime here in Saskatchewan. So yeah, make sure you follow me at Adam Stewart one. And I believe you said it earlier, make sure you give Mike also a follow. Uh, his team uh, did pretty darn good this year for the uh, Winnipeg. I uh, Winnipeg, uh, sorry, I can't remember what their name is. Triple A female team that he follows uh, quite regularly and does some uh, play by play with. He does an awesome job with that, and uh, congratulations to uh, the team that he follows real close. They just about managed to get all the way to the SO Cup, but we're one step away from it, but still a great season. So, yeah, uh, Trey, where can guys find you? Uh, Y'all can find me at Trey Hardislink on the Twitter as I mentioned before, if you want to learn about all these nifty, good-looking horses behind me, I got my new show starting Saturday. Saturdays is actually 9 a.m., but after that, it'll always be 10 a.m. Uh, Central Time, and then Wednesday is yeah, 1 p.m., so check me out on Twitter for that. Uh, yeah, I had to start earlier on Saturday. My producer is some sort of chess prodigy, and he's got some chess <laughs> tournament. Yet. No, seriously, he has, he's like, oh, I gotta go to a chess tournament, so can we start an hour earlier? And I was like, Okay, man, I don't care. Um, so if you want to check me out with that, uh, yeah, and make sure you do follow Mike because when the Jets get swept in four rounds, I want everyone to make sure, uh, or in four games, I want everyone to make sure uh, he knows about it. So, yeah, yeah four, four rounds around. means yeah. they're making the finals. Good God, we would never hear the end. I, I'm not going to hear the end of it. I uh... Well, currently, I just wanted to bring up, too, the Edmonton Oilers did win their game tonight. And the Kraken and uh, Golden Knights are tied. So right now, the Jets would be playing the Edmonton Oilers, which oh, would be a, uh, you know, good luck, please. Winnipeg. 
Please. I, I mean, Please. look back, what, one or two years ago when everybody thought good luck Winnipeg and they swept the Oilers in the first round. So yeah. you never know in the Stanley Cup playoffs. All I know is we're like two weeks out from the Toronto Maple Leafs hitting the golf course. So uh, look forward to that. No, Okay, you know what? Real quick, I only want to beat Tampa so Boston can demolish them. That's it. That's all I would want. I'm, I'm honestly, you know what? If if Boston plays the Islanders, I'm going to go with an upset. I'm going to say the Islanders. Will Boston. I'm a little. Look, I no was thinking team about that that's today. ever won at least 62 games in a season has ended up uh, losing in the first round, right? The 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning did not happen. <sighs> they won 63, Boston. So you know they got nothing to shield for it anymore. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they did win 63. Uh, they broke the record. So hopefully it goes better for them. Hopefully they get a playoff win because we didn't in 2019. But the Who's revenge aren't like the again? That was who? The Panthers? Uh, the Blue Jackets. <laughs> yeah. But it led to two straight Stanley Cups and uh, a third appearance. So I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, that's, uh, you know, for all of you hockey fans out there who your team is now officially out of the playoffs at the end of the regular season or will be in short order here. Good news for you. We're here weekly on the podcast. You got a weekly dose of CFL talk and the CFL season is coming up in the near future as well. Uh, so make sure you continue doing all the great things to help, uh, uh to Tune in, help us support the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. Make sure you buy those season tickets. Uh, keep, keep, you know, keep uh, bringing us back for as long as we can here on the podcast. I'm kidding. There are no season tickets. Uh, <laughs> it will be the Houston or the uh, the Arizona the Arizona Canadian football countdown at this point. <laughs> there we go. I'll take the weather. I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong there. Uh, anyways, that does it for tonight. Stay tuned. Next week, we'll be back to uh, start previewing the upcoming CFL draft. Look forward to that. Thanks for everybody who joined us live, tuned in after the fact. All of you, we really appreciate that as always. Uh, take care. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>